All right, guys, it looks like it's SHTF. This is a serious red alert emergency transmission. <laughs> we are seriously under attack, guys. We are losing money. Everything's crashing to zero. It's the end. Infowars.com. So anyways, uh, we have some interesting things going on in the markets. Um, it looks like El Salvador adopted Bitcoin as its currency. Um, it looks like that the IMF and the World Bank and the other international institutions did not like this too much. Um, there's some speculation for me around this. Um, let me know what you guys think. But to me, I think that Bitcoin to some degree has been co-opted. And I believe that it's going to play an integral role in the new global financial system, which is coming out. And yes, probably the IMF and the World Bank maybe wants to buy some time. Maybe they have some more things to set up before that happens. But we do know, based on the past videos that we've done, that there is a new global financial system coming into effect. A lot of that is going to be uh, involving blockchain and crypto. And so given that Bitcoin is totally tracked and traced, it's rather inefficient to use as a currency unless you're using the the Lightning Network, which, you know, it's going to take a long time to set that up, assuming that everyone's going to have their own nodes. Um, and as far as how El Salvador is doing it, I'd like to interview somebody to get more details on that. Because as far as I understand what's happening is either they are going to run one single node out of the country, and there's going to be like a monopolistic agency, which then opens channels with everybody in the country. They sign up on the Lightning Network, they open up a wall on the Lightning Network, and then they open up that channel and they get 30 bucks of liquidity in that channel. And so it functions as like a bank, basically. It's, it becomes like a new crypto central bank where everyone's transacting through this institution they're doing internal accounting and then if you want to get your money out of the bank you can you just have to do an on-chain transaction maybe give a fee to the bank to make that happen which is going to be a lot if you're living in el salvador right i mean to get your funds out of the bank could cost like a week's worth of wages given the huge transaction costs relative to their income that they may have to pay right so uh either that's going to be the case or they're actually going to be onboarding all these people onto the Lightning Network. They're going to have their own nodes, um, in which case you're going to have to do many, many, many transactions to get all those people onboarded. And we've done the math in our, light, in our Lightning Network report. I mean, if you were to want to get everybody on the blockchain, and when I say everybody, I'm talking about like a billion people, not even 7 billion who are on the planet. If you want to get a billion people on the blockchain by using transactions, I mean, you're talking about that taking 20 to 40 years, you know, because with the Bitcoin um, blockchain, it only tr processes like five transactions per second, right? And so to get all those people just onboarded to the Lightning Network, and we're not talking about closing channels, we're not talking about other transactions. Um, I mean, that's going to take a really, really long time. So yeah, I mean, it's still really befuddling how it is they're going to be able to do this, but nevertheless, they're going to give it a shot. And a lot of people are starting to say, hey, this might actually be a disaster, this onboarding thing. Now, I pray for the El Salvador people. I hope it happens. But look, the El Salvador people, they don't want this to happen. Like there have been polls coming out over and over again saying that the El Salvadorian people do not trust this new system that they're being onboarded to. A lot of them, they probably don't even understand the technology, how to use a phone and stuff like this. And I'm not trying to say that they're totally backwards and civilized, but you're talking about like, and uncivilized, but you're talking about like the smallest nation in the South America region who have opted for this experiment. And a lot of people, they're just kind of like freaked out by this. 
you know, this is the rolling in of a, as far as I'm concerned, a centralized digital currency. And if it's as described, everything is custodial, then all your transactions are going to be able to be traced. Uh, you know, taxes are going to be automatically rendered. Everybody's going to be on the grid. And so, yeah, people have every right to be skeptical of this, and people are going to be forced to use the transactions or to use the currency, right? Because it's legal tender, and they've said that, yeah, um, you're going to have to accept Bitcoin if somebody wants to pay you in Bitcoin. So just things to consider. But when the IMF and the World Bank came out and they're like, hey, we don't advise for this, right? Like in accordance with this article right here, IMF warns El Salvador about the risks of Bitcoin. And it's funny. I mean, some people are like, oh, well, clearly it's market manipulation. Uh, maybe some people in the IMF and the World Bank hold Bitcoin so as to try to manipulate it and influence its price and shake out people. But um, I don't know about that. I don't know. It could have just been a... Uh, buy the rumor, sell the fact type thing. As soon as they started to buy it, people started to sell. Even though people had this campaign going on where they're like, oh, well, let's all meet together on Bitcoin Independence Day, September 7th, and we're all going to start buying Bitcoin, like $30 worth in commemoration with the El Salvadorian people getting onto the game. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's funny, right? Because you have a lot of people who complain about Robinhood and some of these other exchanges front-running orders. That is to say that they pretty much sell their order flow to hedge funds and uh, big clearinghouses like um, Citadel, for example. They sell the information to them. So with their high-frequency trading algorithms, they can pretty much front-run you, which means if you want to buy a certain stock and they know that price is going to go up, well, maybe they'll get in right before your order, get, your order goes through and then they'll just... Uh, you know, make an extra penny of profit, you know, because if your trade goes through, then that bumps up the price a little bit. And if they buy it before you, well, that, they make a little bit of a bump, right? And so that's, that's how it works. But, you know, if they see a lot of people also starting to get into a stock, and they know the stock isn't that good, well, then that's going to be their key to sell, because they're going to be able to sell into strength, um, because there's liquidity moving in, uh, their selling is not going to impact the price as much. And so all this stuff being considered, it's like everybody's going on the internet and they're like, buy this, buy this, buy this. And then they're shocked that the price then dumps afterwards. Now, you know, you're just, you're just signaling to people, cool, I wanted to sell. I was waiting for the right time. Maybe it was a whale. And yeah, now they can sell in the strength because they see everybody about to buy it, right? So just something to consider. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think people expected it to crash as much as it did. I think it went down to, goodness, uh, like $40,000. So Ethereum went down to $3,000 from $4,000. I believe Bitcoin went down to about $44,000. So that was a bit of a dip. Uh, this is from Zero Hedge, by the way. We like Zero Hedge. And then gold also got a little bit clobbered. Uh, there's some bullishness today in the dollar. And when there's bullishness in the dollar, that's not good for gold or silver. And especially when this guy's in the house. And if you don't know who this guy is, this guy is uh, pretty much a, a trading desk head at the Bank for International Settlements. And Zero Hedge has had this thing as a meme for a long time that whenever this guy is like on the job and there's like a green dot next to his name, you can bet that gold's going to sell off because they're you know doing some chicanery at the final financial derivatives. But yeah, yep, yep, yep. And so it's bouncing back a little bit. Let's go ahead and take a look at CoinMarketCap to sort of see where things are at. 
Bitcoin. I should have had this pulled up. Uh, cryptocurrencies. There we go. Yeah, so Bitcoin's still dropping like a rock. Cardano's tanking. Ethereum's tanking. Man, Solana has made big moves over the last few days. And I imagine that's because of the whole NFT thing. There's this NFT craze going on right now, which is perplexing to me. I don't understand NFTs. When it comes to art and when it comes to resources, there's something called um, rivalry of consumption in economics. And that basically means that uh, something has more value if it's more scarce and it can only be used at one time by a single person. And so that's typically the case when it comes to certain art pieces. Um, yes, people can take pictures of the art posted on the internet, but that's not the same thing as having the art. Um, but when it comes to literally internet art, um, there's no rivalry of consumption there. And people could be like, well, I can prove I own it, but it's like, who cares? <laughs> so I don't get it. If you guys could explain the whole NFT thing to me, that'd be great. But the gas prices are getting too high for Ethereum, and so people are just flipping to Solana. And so that's been a big, big trade. So, you know, that might be a good thing to move out of, given it's been up, I think, like 1,200% over the last uh, couple months, which is a great trade. Our lovely Monero is also down a lot. Good dip-buying territory, in my opinion. Especially because we have... Atomic Swaps, now live on the main net for Monero. So that's huge, guys. That is just absolutely huge. And I made a tweet about this uh, the other day that the most valuable skill that you could learn right now is to teach high net worth Bitcoin hodlers how to do Atomic Swaps in a Monero. Um, I think that's going to really begin a big movement from Bitcoin into Monero. I think this is one of those key uh, indicators that we talked about in our previous videos that's going to really start to move Monero upwards towards uh, overtaking Bitcoin. And I do believe Monero is going to overtake Bitcoin. I think it's inevitable. Well, I shouldn't say inevitable. I'm trying to say that less. I'm so confident about this, but I got to start saying that less because when you say things are inevitable, you sort of take free will out of the situation. Ultimately, guys, I mean, people have to understand that none of this is inevitable. And it's up to us to educate people and get the word out and do stuff like that. Um, so I think it's highly likely. We'll just put it that way. Um, and of course, people who are high net worth, big whales, they're aware of this. And as this uh, technology becomes ever more adopted into the industry, I do believe that there is going to be a big movement. Now, it's not going to happen all at once because Monero doesn't have a lot of liquidity. Um, now, either that or it's just a lot of it is private. And so they can't calculate it properly. But look at the liquidity pool for Monero versus the other coins here. So the liquidity for Monero is at 458 million. Tron's at 2.3 billion. FTX, 3.7 billion. Uh, billion yep. Uh, Cosmos even has more liquidity by about 3x than Monero. So there's not much liquidity for Monero. And so if you were to try to do a big shift into Monero from Bitcoin, which has a liquidity pool of about $65 billion, well, uh, that's that's going to really move the price of Monero quick. And you don't want that to happen if you're trying to get it as cheap as you can, right? So I believe it's going to be somewhat of a slow trickle over the next few months to a year here from Bitcoin into Monero. But the move is going to happen. And at some point, once it becomes obvious, it could be a flood. It could be a panic. Because when people realize just how small this space is, how much value there is in this space, especially everything going on, which we're about to get into, um, uh, it's going to be goofy. Like people are, 
I think going to flood into this stuff like insanely. Like it's going to be into diluvian. It's going to be biblical. It's going to be huge. So I had made a tweet about this. And if you guys want more info on this, uh, coin, coin, uh, gecko, uh, privacy coins, you could sort of check out um, different categories that they have for coins, and you can look at the market cap for them. So the market cap here for all the privacy coins, and it looks like they just copy and pasted this stuff off Trade Ogre, which is funny. But um, here, let's just go to privacy coins. Let's see here. Enter. Oh, goodness gracious. Hold on. Just give me a sec. Uh, categories. I believe that's where we're going. Yeah, so these have everything categorized, which is great. And you can sort of... You could like trade these as ETFs. I'm not. I'm not saying trade these, but sort of perceive these as ETFs. Um, that just put a bunch of things together. So, privacy coins are ranked number 25 on the category list, which is insane. <laughs> which is insane, right? The Solana ecosystem itself is 74.5 billion dollars. The entire privacy sector. And remember, guys, if a crypto is not private on the base layer. It's not fungible, which means it's not a functional currency in the long term. And so the fact that this whole space is $12 billion, almost 13 is, again, goofy. It's goofy. Okay, so, yeah, $12 billion, right? And I made this tweet. Total smart contract sector valuation. Now, this was last night before the crash. It's probably changed a little bit, but the ratios are still probably the same. But... It's at $710 billion. And Darrow, which is the only private smart contract project, is $100 million. Okay? And there are some people who predict, and I believe the crypto vigilante came out with a report, according to what some other people are saying, that Darrow is going to take up a market cap relative to Ethereum of about 1.5%. Some people are saying it's double that, 3%. But if that's the case, guys, 1.5%. Of Ethereum, which is valued at about $400 billion, right? So let's check this out. Yeah, $400 billion. Okay. Uh, you're talking big, big money right there. You're talking big money. And we've talked about this on the channel, how in the future, according to some articles that we've read, it could be that the government is included as a party to smart contract transactions. And so if you're going to be engaging in setting up contracts with people on the Ethereum network through smart contracts... Once the duties are fulfilled and there's an exchange of value, some of that value could be sucked up by this third party, which is the government. And they say in these articles that it would be very, very easy to set that up. And so I imagine not everybody would want that to happen. A lot of money is probably going to flood into Darrow. Again, you got to pay your taxes, disclaimer. But yeah, I mean, that creates a huge value proposition. Less overhead, right? So a lot of people are going to use that instead. Um, and I also imagine that not everybody wants their contracts to be public, right? Um, so Darrow has a lot of potential to run. And then total stablecoin sector, looking at last night, $123 billion. Haven, other than Oxen, I was looking into Oxen last night really, really late at like 5 in the morning. So I came back from church at like 2 in the morning. We had this awesome icon of the Theotokos come, and it's like a miraculous icon. It streams myrrh, which is a type of blessed oil. And it was declared to be miraculous by the Russian Orthodox Church. And... So this 
icon makes its way around the world, and it visits many churches. And I tell you what, when I was around this icon, there was some serious levels of grace and power emanating from this thing. I mean, I got to tell you. So it, it was a blessing. I was so happy to see it and lucky and fortunate to see it. I was totally unworthy, but nevertheless, it was there. And then I went to Checkers, got tea. They didn't make it unsweet, like I said. And so, yeah, I was up till five. And what else to do other than research stable, uh, <laughs> private cryptos, right? So Oxen is an interesting project. Uh, it aims to use its network to create a private stable coin, uh, which is a very valuable project, especially in this environment where stable coins are going to be ever more regulated. That's like one of the first things that is presumably on the crosshairs of the Fed and of regulators across the world. They don't like stable coins because it is directly going to compete with their central bank digital currencies. And then uh, they also do something called Sessions, which is a private decentralized messaging system. So it's an interesting project, but the valuation is like $60 million. It's basically nothing. And then uh, Haven is at $100 million. But again, these are nothing compared to the $123 billion market cap for all the stable coins. Right? And Haven, it, it's not only just ex-US dollars, which is private US dollars. They do ex-euros. They do ex-yen. They do ex-gold and silver, ex-Bitcoin and Ethereum. And they say that they're going to be coming out with a private... Uh, stock exposure and they use Chainlink as an oracle as an oracle to do this and so if you want to get exposure to particular stocks um, apparently you're going to be able to do that in the future by using Haven except you're not going to actually have to buy the stock on an exchange which means nobody knows you have it which means for a lot of people maybe that has certain tax advantages which by the way pay your taxes again <laughs> I have to disclaim a lot of this stuff but it's true we're just talking in the macro as to why it is a lot of Flows are probably going to flow into the sector. And Haven is also doing some updates. Let me go ahead and look this up. Haven, uh, Monero, something like that. They, they have new people on the scene working on this thing. Uh, yeah, so this guy's got to check out if you want to learn more about Haven. Uh, yeah, we're in the Haven markets today. It looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. Uh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so, uh, sorry, it's taken a while. I should have had this up. But yeah, they're, they're, okay, so yeah, here we go. This is the big news. Proof Serang, you got excited to have Cypher Stack on board. And Cypher Stack was a big developer on Monero, I believe. And, Haven is built on the Monero blockchain, so it already has intrinsic privacy. There have been a few issues in the past in regards to inflation bugs and other uh, holes in the coding. And so now that they're bringing big shots on board and they're working with people who are going to audit the blockchain, a lot of great things happening. A lot of great things happening. So Haven announced this. We're pleased to share Haven has been performing discovery work with CypherStack, a firm specializing in cryptographic security plus research, to enable them to perform an analysis and protocol review of Haven 2.0. So this is good. This is really good. Uh, they're working 
in doing technical analysis of the areas of Haven protocol relevant to proof slash signature construction, verification, and or balance soundness, as well as looking for potential future improvements. So that's great. That's great. And even Seth for privacy had even said, well, it's good that they're getting their stuff together. Uh, glad Haven is finally taking things seriously and hiring an organization that has great cryptographers on board. So, look, if Seth for Privacy is saying good things about it, and he's like a great follow, go follow him. But yeah, he's got a lot of great takes on privacy for a lot of things. I mean, it's just okay. Good things happening. Good things happening. But uh, yeah, let's get to the markets real quick. Enough of that. Oh yeah, and then there's one more tweet, I believe, something about. Uh, uh, shoot. Uh, something about Monero being $5 billion in market cap and then Bitcoin almost being a trillion and Pirate Chain being $500 million. So again, guys, just major room to run here. If you're about the gains and that's kind of what's bringing you into this business, yeah, I mean, there's big gains, big, big gains to be happening. So, so let's take a look. R is bucking the trend for today. Now it's in a general bear market here in I do recall that my picture kind of gets in the way of all this stuff. So let me just move it over here a little bit. But yeah, so you see here we have a downward trend. It's in correction right now a little bit. But if you look at the general uh, map of where we are, it looks like just it's in a consolidation phase, a long-term consolidation phase, which means, uh, you know, back up the truck, billy up the bags, right? Or back up the pirate ship, however you want to put it. Yeah, it looks like a pretty good opportunity, in my opinion. Uh, no financial advice here, but yeah, the having continues. Uh, there's ever more bull stuff coming out there in the news. And so, yeah, good things happening there. Monero. Monero took a pretty big dip. We looked at this earlier relative to Bitcoin. It's even down. I think it's about 17% down today. So, yeah. If you look at this, had a good little uppity moment right here, and then it's back down, kind of in equilibrium to where it's been over the last month. And it also looks like it's in a consolidation phase. So, no big deal. More time to get in before the big fireworks, in my opinion. So, Darrow is also bucking the trend. Darrow, I mean, I'm, I'm reading more about Darrow, and I'm still trying to get interviews up and running Still, I'm waiting for somebody to get back to me who's pretty knowledgeable about the project. He says he's busy. busy. Hopefully, he can come on soon. But Darrow here, bucking the trend completely. And it's only down in dollar terms about 3%, which if you look at the market, I mean, that's nothing. Darrow's just been in a wonderful uh, uptrend here relative to Bitcoin. So this is the crypto vigilante announcement right here. And then after that, it's just been consolidating for the most part, just like PowerChain, just like others in the industry. So let's go ahead and look at Darrow uh, in U.S. dollars, and you'll be able to see that, uh, yeah, it just there's a great trend going on here. All right. So, yeah, that's pretty key. Pretty key, and it's only got a market cap of about, yeah, $100 million as we discussed previously, so that's good. That is good. And so, I forgot how I was going to jump into this conversation, but we'll just jump into it, and then lastly, let's just take a look at uh, 
Haven. Again, more consolidation over here. As you can see, around the $7 mark, $6 to $7. Um, yeah, so some things to look at. And before we get into that, uh, we have talked a little bit about uranium on this channel. Uh, if you are bullish on crypto, I think you should also be bullish on the commodities which make the electrical system function, which is uranium, which is oil. Uh, forget about all this solar stuff. Not important. It's not efficient. And yeah, oil is still going to be key. I don't care what anyone says. And so look at this. And I wish I talked about this before with you guys, but we've been in this for a little bit of a while. But I forgot when we talked about it, but yeah, uranium's doing very good. I tweet about it quite often. And yeah, uranium is going to be in a major, major bull market. Listen to Rick Rule talk more about this. There is just a shortage of uranium. It's going to cost a lot more to get it out of the ground. And so it's going to force prices up. And this North Shore Global Uranium Mining ETF, this includes a lot of good uranium companies uh, like Kazatomprom, Denizen, uh, and some other great stocks. Canico. Is it Canico? I don't even remember my own stocks. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> this is the stock you want to get into. Uh, I believe it's Canico. <laughs> okay. I have a lot of Canico. If I could just remember the name. Hold on. Let me just get on my phone. Let me just get on the telly. I've been checking my crypto portfolio way more than my other stocks, you know, on E-Trade, but... Uh, uh, ba -ba -ba. Cameco, that's right, Cameco, not Canico. I'm thinking of Conoco Phillips. No, even though that's a great oil company too, if you want to get exposure to American oil companies, which I don't know. I don't know about the American oil sector anymore. Looks like they're going to kill it. So I get into companies like Gazprom right here, and we've talked about Gazprom a little bit here on the channel. Uh, go check out our geopolitical video talking about the petrodollar. And talking about all that, but yeah, it's going very well, especially since Biden got in office and pretty much gave up the game. He's just like, yeah, you can build Nord Stream 2. Yeah, you can build all the pipelines that you want. Now, I don't know why he did that, but nevertheless, he did. And so Russia is building ga uh, gas pipelines everywhere. So, yeah, we see a big bull market here. And even though oil is down for the day, Gazprom is up 2.5%. People are waking up to this. People are starting to see Gazprom has a lot of potential. And... The, US, the Russian government is involved in Gazprom, so it's not like they're going to let let it fail, and it's part of the Russian economic infrastructure. So, yeah, it's got a lot of backing. It's great. Unlike American oil companies where uh, they're creating bundles upon bundles upon bundles of regulation to pretty much knock it out of the competitive market. And if you look at the environmentalist movement here in the U.S., we've talked about it before, you will find a lot of Russian and Saudi money. Oh, well, why is that? That sounds conspiratorial. Well, it's actually pretty simple. <laughs> if you make the regulations too burdensome for oil companies to go out and discover oil and get it out of the ground, well, they're going to lose market share to who? Oh, Saudi Arabia and Russia. So that's happening. Good things happening there. So, yeah, and more bullish stuff for Monero. And we can't talk too explicitly about this, given the censorship that is going on right now. But... We've talked a little bit about this on the channel, about how the black markets are going to explode in value, and we've talked about that in relative 
uh, conversation to inflation and how inflation is going to create shortages. And when you have inflation, you have the political pressure to enact price controls. And when you have price price controls, you have more shortages, more goods go into the black market to sell at fair market value instead of the controlled price. And so you have a lot of activity in the black markets. And what's the black market currency going to be once digital currencies are rolled out and cash gets ever more diminished? And, you know, you look at the national coin shortage, that's probably going to happen to cash too. Well, they're going to use Monero. So let's go listen to this doofus, this totalitarian technocratic loser, talk about what's going on in Australia. And then we're going to talk about what's going on. We've got everybody locked down. We're going to move to a situation where to protect the health system, we're going to lock out people who are not vaccinated and can be. If you're making the choice not to get vaccinated, then you're making the wrong choice. You're making the wrong choice. And for safety's sake, and for the back to that point about how much work our nurses have to do, as this becomes absolutely a pandemic of the unvaccinated and we open everything up, it's not going to be safe for people who are not vaccinated to be roaming around the place spreading the virus. That's what they'll be, that's what they'll be doing. So there's every reason, every reason uh, to get vaccinated. And there are appointments available, and there'll be even more appointments available throughout September, October, November. Let's get to those thresholds as fast as we possibly can. But yes, there's going to be a vaccinated uh, economy, and you get to participate that. You get to participate in that if you are vaccinated. Now that's not right now because, of course, there's many more people. No, that's not right now. And dude, this has been such a grooming campaign. Somebody made a funny tweet. <laughs> the most difficult part about the 14 days to flatten the curve is the first 18 months. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just been a giant grooming operation because what's coming is a scientific dictatorship. Like, none of this stuff is about public health. It's about locking you down, and it's about enacting the next phase of this global uh, technocratic totalitarian integrated global system. And, yeah, so they're going to lock you out of the economy. They're going to make it so that you have to have your digital ID and your passport or whatever in order to get into grocery stores and to other places to conduct service. And, you know, there's going to be a parallel economy which comes out on top of this. And I imagine what's coming next as part of this giant game plan is the implementation of a digital currency. And you can only use your digital currency in the white market with uh, accredited goods and service businesses, providers, or whatever you want to call them. And yeah, uh, a lot of people are going to buy Monero and they're going to partake in the alternative economy, the parallel economy. And uh, Jiraj Bednar and Seth for Privacy, they also talk about this a lot, the parallel economy, which is going to have to pop up. Really, it's just the black market. And as we have more shortages, as we have more of this going on, yeah, there's going to be an explosion of black market activity. And I've heard people say, you know, it could be that the black market gets bigger than Amazon. And it could be. I mean, there are developments going on in the black market, in the dark webs right now, where you won't even have to go on to an exchange or uh, what they call a marketplace in order to buy goods and services. They're making developments right now where everything is just going to be peer-to-peer. -peer. And that's sort of what's happening in Monero right now, where they're coming out with Haveno, which is a peer-to-peer -peer decentralized private exchange. And given everything that's going on with Coinbase and Kraken and some of these other exchanges today, where you have huge price drops and you have volatility coming back, um, how often do these exchanges shut, like, shut down or they have technical difficulties or whatever? It happens every time. Happens every time, as far as I can tell. So, yeah, more people are going to go over to Haveno and the base 
currency to use with all exchanges in that new system is going to be Monero. So you're going to be able to trade as much as you want to, not have to worry about the tax overhead, which you should. Again, you should pay your taxes, but a lot of people won't as they don't already. And so um, they're going to go over there to trade. They're going to go over there to get the cryptos that they want. And yeah, they're going to go over there to buck all of these terrible other options, which are KYC, AML, and part of the new system which they're rolling out. So that being said, more bullishness for Monero. And then here's Canada across with, the country uh, and so that there Canada's first female president Justin Trudeau but in the interim and as a first step since a number of provinces have chosen to step forward with the vaccine certification of their own we have decided that the best way to do that is to work with each of them so that they are reasonably standardized across the country and so that there is a federal certification on that that will be accepted for international travel it is an interim measure, perhaps will last a year or so um, before we bring in the formalized passport version of it. But in the interim, and as a first step, yeah, since so a formalized number passport, of provinces are going to make it federal. And this is coming to the United States. They're just trying to figure out a way to do this without having people activate the Second Amendment, right? And I'm not saying you should, again, disclaimer, but uh, they're not going as hard in the United States with this stuff as they are in Australia and Canada because... A lot of people here have guns, <laughs> right? And there's only so much people are going to put up with. And so, yeah, that's coming. And so, uh, this is all part of the plan. And I'm still shocked that so many people are still going along with all this stuff, just as an aside. Like, high IQ people stopped worrying about this stuff back in, like, May and June of last year. I mean, I was one of the first people to start wearing a mask and wearing gloves to the store. Literally gloves, like leather gloves. I mean, it's embarrassing to say it now, but it's true. I mean, I was looking at these videos, and I was ahead of the curve in that regard, getting hand sanitizer before it was sold out, and getting a lot of stuff before it was sold out, and I was worried about it. But uh, after just kind of living for a while, and just seeing how everything was developing, looking at the statistics, and looking at kind of other chicanery going on behind the scenes, and odious things, and developments, yeah, it looked like a scam. It looked like nothing was really happening. And the costs that have been incurred to people's mental health, to children, and to the global economy, and to future generations as a result of the government's actions to lock everything down, uh, it's not at all comparable to what this particular disease does. Um, it's not even close. And, yeah, to me it's all ridiculous. It's all part of the... Digital ID integration, I think that's what this is all a part of, and it's a way to get everybody onto the grid and to get everybody onto the digital currency, which is coming out before the economy collapses. A lot of this stuff has to do with the economy, guys. I suspect what's happening is that now that they've sucked as much wealth as they can out of the population through the Federal Reserve printing money and all that inflation going excuse me, a lot of that inflation going into the capital markets, going into real estate, which is what a lot of the rich people own. And by the way, I said this in regards to NFTs. You have billions in crypto profits making their way into NFTs and digital real estate. And meanwhile, you have Bill Gates, uh, the CCP, and BlackRock buying up all of America's farmland and all of America's real estate. Okay? And so, again, that plays into the whole you will own nothing and be happy. Like, people are so obsessed with owning things on an information ledger that they forget what's important. They forget, like, food is actually, you know, a thing you might need. And I, I got one of those, like, instinctive 
good feelings because uh, I opened my fridge and saw food. And I feel like that's going to be uh, important in the future. I think food, I'm bullish on food. <laughs> I'm bullish on food. And I think corn, because of the commodity run-up, I think corn had outpriced the S&P last year. Don't quote me on that, but I believe a can of corn went up more in value than the S&P. So I'm just throwing that out there. But yeah, I mean, it's part of the new digital system that they're coming in with. That's going to play in the blockchain. That's going to play into artificial intelligence. All this stuff is coming together. And we're going to have videos this week, uh, God willing, that will explain the digital currency group, Jim Brayer, and a lot of other stuff. So yeah, that's all happening. Super bullish Monero, super bullish this sector. We love it. And so that's about all. Uh, I have nothing really more to go over. Uh, this was a fun video to make. My videos always go on a little bit longer than I anticipate. I love to ramble. But I think we got some good information out to you guys. But, yes, if you guys like the video, uh, feel free to like it. Please like it, actually. Uh, it gets me up in the algorithms, gets this critical information out to more people. Please subscribe to the channel. Please donate at the address I have below. Thank you all for the donation. Somebody had donated a lot of the LBY credit. Thank you so much. That helps me grow on that platform, which, by the way, go follow me on Odyssey especially uh, because that's where I'm going to be able to post a lot of stuff maybe I won't be able to post on here. And I talked to Roosh about an interview. He's not up to doing it. He was supposed to come by to Atlanta for uh, an event, but it got canceled because of some of the things he had said in the past or something like that. Something having to do with tractors. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. Please follow me on the social media links. Again, listed below. And that's all I have to say. God bless, guys. Stay safe. Stay strong. And we'll see you next time.